listening to the Killy Shrew View podcast, the home of two clubs, one love, Shrewsbury Town and Kilmarnock FC. Kilmarnock vs Dundee United, Saturday 30th July 2022, post-match discussion. Right, Neil. How you doing, Martin? Not bad, not bad. Oh, that was good, wasn't it? Brilliant, man. I'll just do a wee intro here. Um, I'll just uh, kick us off then. Uh, welcome to, the, nobody here yet, but welcome to the first East Stand post-match discussion. I'm your host, Neil Doherty, and I'm here with co-host, the Two Clubs, One Love podcast host, Martin Wall. How you doing, Martin? Not bad, Neil, not bad. Thanks uh, for getting this all sorted. Um as mentioned the other night on the uh, preview, uh, you know, we talked about how exciting it was and obviously, you know, we, we didn't really know what was the lineup was going to be, but the one that um, threw me the most was uh, Jordan Jones. That came out of nowhere, not even in the match day squad. Uh, I don't even know what's happened to that one, do you? No, Derek McInnes, I listened to his interview on BBC Scotland uh, or the Radio Scotland and he didn't actually say um, he just said we missed Jordan Jones he didn't specify what had happened to Jordan Jones so nah, um, no more information on that one unfortunately so um, so much to, so much to talk about no? yeah I mean I, I, well obviously the lineup I pretty much got not far off to be fair I got 9 out of 11 um, obviously I thought Murray would have started, um, but he obviously wasn't fit enough. Um, and um, and then obviously Polworth was in as well in the middle. Um, so I didn't expect him to start. But other than that, I mean, the lineup was how I, how I thought it would be. Um, for me, there was a few standouts, and we'll obviously touch on that later. But um, what was your thoughts on the lineup when you seen it? I, I mean, I'll maybe get to that. I suppose I'll just I'll just try. And... Set the context if I, if I can, Martin. If that's all right, I'll just I mean, flag day, you know, and uh, celebrating the championship winning season last last year, you know, and the home crowd of over eight thousand at Rugby Park. I mean, the atmosphere was just fantastic. Did you not think? Yeah, no, it was. Um, you, you just had, it wasn't even when you got in the ground. It was just like the buzz outside, and I think the um, waking up in the morning, seeing the rain, you're like, oh, great, but. By the time you got to the ground, we got there early, me and my daughter. So we went to the Park Hotel for a drink. And you could just feel the buzz. Uh, the sun was out. Everyone was talking. It was first game of the season. Everyone was optimistic and, and you know as well, which was great. Um, as Kilmarnock fans in the past, it's, it's far from that. Um, and you just felt confident, Luke, as well. And, and it was just great. I mean... Um, obviously, the, there was loads of kids about as well. You know, the flags as well was, was it was good. You could go and buy the flags, which were the money was getting donated um, elsewhere. So yeah, it was all a good cause. And and, and when you got in the ground, um, yeah, it was fantastic. And you know what? They stuck the crowd stuck um, from the first minute to the last, uh, and I think that was the main thing. And McInnes has talked about the home crowd. Um, you know, a lot and about bigging us up, really, you know, saying to make it a fortress. And and then the day that goal at the end was massive because going forward, hopefully we can build on that 
a lot of people will probably go home deflated, but it was the least we deserved. And I think, like, you know, you kind of grumble the point as much as, you know, you'd like to win the first game and with the next two being tough. But it's a massive point still uh, in the context of the game. We deserve more than that, which we'll obviously go into. Um, but, yeah, you know, you, you're just going back to what you are saying about the crowd. It's, it's massive. And I think that last-minute goal will get people coming back again. If we lost that 1-0 then you may see people not coming back. But the fact that that goal went in, um, you know, could bring a lot more people back for the next few games. Yeah, you make a good point. I feel like historically, Kilmarnock have always, well, maybe not always, but have tended to fluff the lines on the big occasion. We, we get we get the crowds through the door and we get the bums on the seats and then had a tendency to, to just, Make a mess of it and lose the kind of passing trade, but under McInnes, that is, I mean, not not what has happened so far. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of the team, remind me, you obviously was it all identical to the team you picked except Lafferty for Jones? Did you were you exactly correct? I can't quite remember your team prediction, Matt. I actually didn't have Shaw starting. Uh, funnily enough, as much as Shaw's, it's quite funny because Shaw actually was my man the match in the game um, and but I didn't think he would start for the simple reason was I thought you know with the experience of Lafferty but um, yeah I had Lafferty with Jones up top and then McEnroy would have played on the behind the, the two strikers with uh, Fraser Murray on the left so obviously McEnroy played where Murray would have played and then obviously we had Shaw coming in Um and Polworth, so yeah, it was just a, it was just um, yeah, the Polworth one was a bit of a surprise to be honest. Um, I know he's been playing in the cups, but um, I didn't think he was good enough for the league. But yeah, um, what what was your lineup production then? I didn't actually make one like yourself. I didn't expect Polworth to play, even after a, a relatively good performance against Stenhouse Munich. It was still a surprise to me that that Polworth played. Um, let's just have a look at um, bring the team up here. So I, I mean, obviously Lafferty he didn't he didn't look um, match fit to me. What about yourself? He, he I thought Lafferty yeah. was was good for the first twenty five minutes or so, and then <clears throat> fell out the game a bit. Um, I agree with you. I, I thought everything, more or less everything good that we did this afternoon, involved Ollie Shaw. You know, I completely agree. Um, Polworth, yeah, I mean, again, I didn't think he did badly. Um, I think he falls out the game a bit too much. I think he's, but I think he's improved under McInnes. Like more or less everybody that's that's been retained by McInnes has improved under him. But I mean, in terms of the match itself, to get into the match, Martin, I felt that. Um, did you notice that most of the early chances fell to Polworth and they were kind of tame efforts? You know, you kept kind of trying to place it, but a lot of the play, the inter, as you made the point, interplay, interchanges, nice passes, it was all Ollie Shaw, wasn't it? We we flicked and Lafferty in the first 25 minutes was, was the Lafferty we know, but I think then he began to labour a bit. Obviously, he's not, he hasn't been playing, so understandably, but I think that became, and as Lafferty kind of fell out, of the game, they began to assert themselves more. You agree? Yeah, 
I mean, I mean, to be fair, um, Lafferty, like you say, I do agree the first 20 minutes was okay, but then you could tell he wasn't match fit and he just wore off. And he's he goes missing in games sometimes if it's not going his way. Um, he does sometimes can go missing. Um, but then at the same point, if a chance falls to him, you, he's he's the one you want to be on the pitch to, for it to fall to. Uh, so if, it, if, if Lafferty's in that position where Polworth is, Lafferty's got a better chance of scoring, but yeah, you're right. I mean, Lafferty, he, he was, he wasn't poor. He just, he just wasn't fit. I think, you know, you give Lafferty another two or three weeks back in training. You know, you'll see a different Lafferty to what we've seen today. Um, we know what Lafferty can do. Um, <laughs> he's allowed to have the odd bad game and that. But for me, Ollie Shaw, everyone's critical of Ollie Shaw in the past, including myself. But I tell you what. He led that line superbly today. He looked like someone possessed. Like he was a different beast altogether in that first forty-five minutes, and he was unlocked even in the second half. It, what what I thought, what I liked the most about Ollie Shaw was he was he wasn't static. He was he was always looking to move behind the defense one minute and then get the ball, carry it the next, do one twos. He wasn't. He was he was quite adventurous. In for me, that that was that was key for Ollie Shaw in that first forty-five because they didn't know what to do with him, um, and he, he really did put himself about. And obviously, second half he hit the crossbar, which um, I was right behind it, and it, it didn't go in. But <laughs> there were shouts of it. But um, I'm sure VAR would have come into play if that was in in the, in, in the building. But um, no, he, he was superb. Um, but for me, what I, what the one thing I noticed most in the first half was Ryan Abuse, the Arsenal right wing back. I mean, obviously I've seen him for the first time now. What a player! I mean, he was just bombing up and down that channel. But Dundee United soon realised that when in the first half that when they did try and play, they were trying to play down our left, which was quite interesting because. You know, they obviously saw the weakness, and then their their boy was quite fast, uh, the young, the, the small lad. And then I happened to notice after a while because Ryan Abusi was getting so much freedom down our right hand side in the attacking sense, they switched him over to try and nullify that attack. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, I mean, I saw. I mean, Tony Watt was switching with. I'm going to butcher his name, Kajo. Um, quite a bit. I felt like what I felt like what actually did quite well considering Alabioso's power and pace. He was just so good again, wasn't he? But uh, what what who doesn't really have pace? He was just using his kind of football know-how, wasn't he? But Alabioso was getting a lot of. I mean, there was moments where what will be having nightmares, wasn't he? It was it was that that shift away and change of pace, and he was away from him. Yeah, he, he it wasn't it, the thing. The thing with him as well was he, again he, he he was he was one minute he was going on the outside and looking for the one twos, and then the next minute he was cut inside. And I mean he had one effort with his left foot. I mean for to be right footed as well, he, he liked to come in on his left, which was good. So he, he does seem to have a bit of uh, flexibility about him. But I really did like him. Um, he, he he did really look well. Obviously. Um, there's a, probably a, maybe a fitness issue there because he's not played much first-team football and he got dragged off after 60 minutes. Because at first I was thinking, if anyone, you want to keep him on because of his pace, but um, I can understand why they took him off. But what I must say today is McInnes in the past 
and even not McInnes, other managers have seemed to have not been able to get the the right subs at the right times. But I thought the substitutions were quite clever. I mean, Donnelly, I was impressed with. I thought he was the best sub of the lot. Um, it, it took a few minutes, took probably about 10 minutes to get into his strides. But after that, he was dictating the play in the middle and, and getting out wide to the likes of Armstrong and Murray. And then when it was coming back across to him, he was there. He was like the linchpin in the middle and he was swinging it across to McElroy and then McKenzie was making runs. And I just thought he did the simple things and, and you know, he was good. He was really, really good. Um, he looked comfortable on the ball, um, wasn't afraid to, you know, go left or right. And, and it was good. And I think because power was on the booking, as much as power didn't deserve to get subbed. Um, we know what the referees like that, that was officiating the game today. A bit card happy and he obviously proven that straight after with the, um, you know, with a few bookings after and obviously the sending off. So it was a very clever move getting power off in my opinion. What do you think on that one? Yeah, I think the yellow card, Power's yellow card definitely had a bearing on, on why he was withdrawn. And I don't think he had been, I said on your pod the other night that I thought Power would possibly been our best player um, in the Premier Sports Cup but I didn't think he had the best of afternoons I thought first half the game, I thought it would have been the, the, a good uh, ideal game for him because I don't think they've got much power in the middle of the pitch do they and that obviously we'll go into that and the sending off and, and the space that, that was left by Levitt because the, the, the Levitt hacks the kind of te- technical players aren't they they're not really you'd have thought that with McKenzie and I think if if you're going to maybe pinpoint a weakness in Dundee United, it's maybe that they're about lightweight in the in midfield. And I thought maybe Power today might have been a good day for them to um, get right stuck in. I suppose is what I'm trying to say. First half, I, I felt we were the better team first half, but as I say, I think I think his Lafferty fell out it. They grew and they are a tidy team, aren't they? And I felt Stephen Fletcher really was. Was he'll be good in this league? I think um, he gave them that bit more. I can see why they signed him. That bit more of a physical presence. I mean, that right winger Kujo is tiny, isn't he? He's a bit smaller player as um, I've seen. Um, the the thing that annoyed the thing that annoyed me today the most, my biggest gripe um, was our set pieces. Um, I thought time and time again, especially in the first half, we got set pieces, corners, and I know I know our goal eventually came from a set piece, which is quite ironic um, in, in what I'm saying, but I just thought that we wasted so many chances because um, as much as you know, we've got good players there that can put good balls in, but I just felt that we didn't mix it up a bit. We were just, it was too, the keeper was catching them out of the air all day. Um, you know, like you see Zach Hemming doing for us many a time last season. And I just thought we needed to try and mix it up a wee bit, but we, we didn't. And I think that was a disappointing thing for me because we did have a few chances. Yeah, final ball was poor all afternoon. Even Alabioso and also McEnroy, who came onto a game, didn't he? But I felt as if that the final ball could have been better all afternoon. And they did definitely. By the time they, they scored the goal, I, I do feel as if they had pegged his back a wee bit. I feel as if they were possibly the the better team, as we as if uh, we didn't. I don't think we. I mean, I don't think we deserved to get one 0 down. No, do you? I think. Uh, uh, no, 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 no. We, if anything, uh, if anything, if I, I mean, if I, I was dose at the game, and I thought, see that first forty-five minutes, it was we we dominated that. I mean, you, you have to look at the stats at half time, but we we dominated that game. We could have easily been two goals up before they scored, and then. 
you're thinking, right, it's coming up to half time, keep it, you know, nil nil and then see what happens. But they scored the goal. But for me, the goal was disappointing to give away because it was bouncing around the box and eventually, and to be fair, the guy Levitt hit it well and Walker had no chance because of the amount of bodies. I was right behind it. It was right down my throat. Um, but for me, it was annoying because Lewis Mayo at the, the, the back, the ball came across and Lewis Mayo shouted for the ball, but he just, he got, he, he seemed to lose flight of the ball. Um, and it seemed to be a, an easy win, and he just missed it. And then the player that was, I don't know who it was, cut it back, and then it was bouncing about. And then I think it was Polworth who didn't close down. Um, he was just too lazy in, in getting there. He didn't really try, if, I was, if I'm honest. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, Lewis Mayer wasn't too impressed with today. I thought he was okay, but um, yeah, just for me, he just wasn't, he, he just missed time that. Um, but it was obviously a mistake. But yeah, we... We 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 were the better team in the first half. Second half, they really came out of the blocks, and they could have added a second, and you know that could have been game over. Obviously, the sending off it's easy to look at and say, yeah, um, okay, we got the goal and that. But how many times have you seen teams, um, you know, put the backs up and, and defend well, and, and you know they find it hard to break down ten men? And I think it's just that mentality. You know, we had our bro backs. You know, we were. One nil down. We're playing well. We come back and one two one. We could have easily won it. Like we had another. You know, we were pushing forward after the equaliser, and I just think it was great to see us attack and give it a right good go today in the second half. And McInnes bringing on wing, wingers and you know just going for it. And I think that was good to see. And I think just overall, Dundee United probably would say deserved the point. But if we won it, I wouldn't have said it was. You know, yeah, I wouldn't say it was as a lucky result. You know, we we did well to win, and I was really really impressed. And I think if we play like that for the rest of the season, um, we'll beat more teams and get more wins than than you know to to be in a decent position. So I'm quite confident after today's performance. On the goal, um, Mayo, I mean, I could see it was a Mayo error, but it was. A wee bit difficult for me. I thought that Mayo had actually headed the ball back into the, the danger area. Uh, obviously, it was it was really really good play by Fletcher. Uh, he held the ball up, lo- loads of composure, and then just teed it up perfectly, didn't he, for Levitt? And um, I, w- I was thinking about the goal, and, and it, it was a good goal. And it, but it wasn't unlike I know the the passage of play was definitely definitely different from um, what I'm going to compare it to is our winner against the Brove. With Ollie Shaw's composure, you know the passage of play was obviously very different. Uh, our winner against the Brough, um was a breakaway goal, as we all know. But it was I felt as if Fletcher's role in that goal was quite like Shaw's role, where he, he just had that composure at, at, at the, the crucial moment just to tee up Levitt. But I thought that Mayo, I, I know what you mean. I thought he had. It looked as if he was going to be able to win. I thought he'd won the header and knocked it back into the danger area. I don't know if you remember. I can't, I can't quite remember, but all I remember is Mayo lost the flight of the ball. He shouted mm-hmm. for it and he just, because I was right in front of him, he just totally sort of lost it and it should have been an easy thing to deal with. And it just, yeah, whatever happened, the ball came straight back. And um, um, from what I remember, Levitt, I mean, you've got all those bodies in the box and I, I can't believe he's just hit it. Like, and it went in, but like it was, it was a good hit. But I said, I said like before the game, I mentioned Levitt. He's quite a, a good player, and he actually got the goal against us in January as well, um, in extra time and with a good composed finish. So he was always going to be a danger man for us. 
Um, before before we sort of um, maybe you know, there's a few listeners in now. Um, obviously, I can see Captain Conkers on uh, listening, so I just want to uh, give him a big shout out. He was superb today in the build up to the game. Obviously, he's great as always uh, with the kids and the Moffat and obviously around. Uh, the ground, but before he had the big flag out with the champions, and he was he was standing there for photos. I got a photo which I put up with my daughter, so I was chuffed. Um, but so a big shout out to you, Captain Conquer there. Uh, welcome, Ricky, and anybody uh, likewise. I'll just echo that. If you want to speak, just put your hand up, and I will um, find you in the settings and add you as a as, as a speaker if you want to chip in. Um, but did you not think that the the goal, it just flattened the stadium, didn't it? It just completely flattened 44 minutes. I mean, the worst time to lose a goal. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think it was the worst time to lose a goal, but I, I wasn't gutted when I was weird. I, I was, yeah, I was gutted, but as soon as I went through the, the back at half-time, I, I was just reflecting on the first half and thought, you know what, that was just like against the run of play for me. I mean, like I say, we could have been two or three up in the first half and... Uh, you know, and I just I was I was still confident with the players we had playing and and the people on the bench that we were able to get something. And it you know, doesn't matter whether it's the straight away or halfway through or the very last minute. But um, everyone's saying about a striker, which yeah, we do need. Um, but that's what I remember. Ash Taylor's got three. I seen someone actually tweet this, so I'm I'm taking this tweet of someone else. But they said that Ash Taylor's got three league goals in his last four league games. So uh, you know, Ash Taylor's doing a good job there, isn't he? Oh, absolutely. I mean, like, I didn't feel like all was lost. I felt it was an. I was. I felt encouraged at half time, but I felt obviously the mistake had been punished. Possibly it wouldn't have been a mistake like that. Maybe wouldn't have been punished in the championship. Um, and we started the second half like a team that had lost a goal in the stroke at half time, and McInnes did say the same. McInnes spoke for about eight minutes on BBC Scotland on the radio. Really good interview. Um. And and he said the same thing, you know. Well, it was his his point, but I, I felt the same thing, you know. That um, we just we weren't very good in the in the opening passages of play in the in the in the second half, and we were at that point. That was I felt as if at that point, though, we showed a lot of character. I felt as if we maybe called upon some of the resources, you know, that that, that we found last season, whereby we were able to kind of dig in and 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 um, despite. They just grew into the game, didn't they? And they were the fans were rocking, and it was just felt like free kick after free kick after set play after set play. And I thought they're going to score again. Did you feel that way, Martin? Yeah, um, it, it did at one point, especially in the second half. It did feel as though they were getting, you know, a foothold of the game. And and you're always at that point when you've got a team that are one nil up, whether it's us or them you do feel as though the next goal is going to be important because obviously, you know, it's it's a big advantage, um, even though 2 nils never a, a comfortable score these days. But, I mean, we seem to just... I think the sending off, obviously, you know, helped us. Um, but even before that, we did look to be attacking attacking them again and getting back in the game. Um, in I do feel that the subs, like I've already mentioned, um, I don't think... Fraser, Murray and Armstrong for me the only frustrating thing with them they offer plenty of width and pace and and obviously you know we're on the attack but I just feel they lacked a bit of composure in that final third at times um, and it was a bit rushed um, you know and I, I seen someone and I do apologise again I'm nicking a tweet here but I seen someone tweet 
saying that they won. What, wonder what Chris Burke would have done, what fun he would have had if he was still playing for us. Because for me, he's. I mean, he changed the game against Arbroath, but he he would have had more of a composure and putting the balls in the box. And mm. um, I thought McEnroy, though, to be fair, on the left was good. He was adventurous. He was putting balls in. Sometimes the final ball wasn't great. Um, but then sometimes he would come in and cut the shot across like the goal. And he, he went close a couple of times like that. One where the keeper pulled it off and then one where it just went wide of the post and Ollie Shaw was sliding in. So, you know, he, he was quite adventurous and mixing it up on the left side. Um, and like I say, Ollie Shaw, you know, he was getting into the game. Um, he, I mean, yeah, he, he, he had a crack in 45 minutes, went quiet when we were obviously under pressure. And then once we once we got back into the game again, he you know he, he got a couple of good chances and that. And, um, I think the only thing missing with Ollie Shaw's performance today was a goal. Um, I gave him man the match, but I would have given him a nine out of ten if he'd scored. Um, but I think McInnes might get um, Shaw, you know, the best out of Shaw. I don't know. What do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, I, as I've said already, I thought Shaw was terrific all afternoon. He went quiet for a spell in the second half, but that was the spell that they were on top, wasn't it? And the, I just felt as if we were on the ropes, you know. And I felt, I think maybe if you're a Dundee United fan, that you maybe in that at that point, you might you, you, your takeaway might be a bit but a disappointment that they kind of they definitely settled for one 0 didn't they? And they were they were clearly on top, and then they started time wasting. They start they clearly settled for a one 0 when. I think if you're a Dundee United fan leaving Rugby Park, that, that would maybe be your disappointment. You know, that I, I think, I mean, I, I'm impressed with the character. You know, I'm, I'm impressed that we were able to, and we saw it so often last season, we, we, we weren't playing particularly well second half and we just hung in there. I, it was one of those that we were 1-0 down, but I didn't, even though they were in top, I thought, Kelly are going to hang in there here. Where in seasons gone by, I would have thought, this other team's going to score again. And that's not what it's like at the moment for me watching McInnes's Kelly. I feel like we're going to hang in here and we, we, we might get, still get something out of this game. And I mean, it's them that makes the first substitution. They they introduced Glenn Middleton for Kujo, which I, don't, I mean, maybe isn't a negative substitution, but I think they had settled for 1 0. And then obviously oh. we, made, we made the double sub. Um, Alibi also was obviously injured for longer than um, before. He was obviously injured for a while before we took him off because he was very quiet second half. Did you not think he was before we? And I think Murray did make a, a big difference immediately on the right. He was very, he was much more of a presence than Alibi also had been second half. Who limped? He definitely limped off. Don't yeah, know. I think I think I think um, I don't think he was injured. I just think he was. Um, he. He's he's just not fit enough. He's only played six games for Crew last season. He he's played youth football and you know not proper first team football. Um, and I just and he had a bad injury last season. He's obviously come to us. He's not. He's only played against Stenhouse Muir. Um, you know he's probably not up to speed with the training. I listened to McInnes talk about players at different times of the season coming in through preseason, and some are up to speed, some are not. And obviously, he's probably one of them. I probably, I reckon, you'll see him completing ninety minutes, maybe in four or five weeks, on a consistent basis from then on in. Um, but I just think um, he, he's not match fit is is the reason why he's probably got taken off. But for, from what he did perform in the first forty five minutes, if he can, 
you know can you know provide that on a consistent basis um over the course of the season and we've got a very good player on our hands um we obviously just need to have that left side um you know to, to sort of balance the team out um just want to say one thing actually as well Neil before you go on as well uh Simon um predicted on uh, my podcast last week um for a one all draw so well done Simon you asked for a prize but Unfortunately, I don't do prizes. <laughs> Hi. Um, I think one of the guys, Kafrezi, he got one each as well, didn't he, on the Discord? Um, but I, I mean, Alabioso, he was terrific again, but he then, yeah, I think he was, I mean, you've you've highlighted that he was probably uh, feeling the pace of uh, top flight football. It's something that he's never experienced before. And he definitely fell out of the game second half, whether it was an injury, who knows, um, definitely thought he looked like he was limping, but Tony Watt, I felt, was, was running that side of the pitch uh, second half, right up to about the hour mark, and then the double substitution, Donnelly for power was a, it was a surprise to me at the time, and Donnelly misplaced quite a few passes, didn't he, initially, I was actually shouting at him, but I must, I must admit, like, I, I was um, shouting for the stands, you know, because he's, it was, it was, but, I mean, we have, I had to add a pinch of salt to that because, I mean, Donnelly, he was introduced to a match, frenetic pace. His team was kind of on the ropes. The other team slowing the game down, wasting time. And he's asked to... We are trying to speed the game up and, and get back into it. And he's asked to come in there. And, I mean, it was a pressure situation he was asked to come into. So you could I could forgive a few misplaced passes, but it was frustrating at the time because we were... We could feel the they feel the game slipping away to some extent, and but as you say, when he settled down, he was he was perfect, wasn't he? Like in terms of what the role that we needed at that point, spraying the, the play left and right, and working us up the pitch, and then, I as you say, the the introduction of Armstrong for Lafferty, I, I thought that Armstrong was really good again. I, I just feel as if he's improved a lot in the preseason Premier Sports Cup. Um, matches. I think he's touches much better. He looks more confident. He's really quiet. And him and um, Fraser Murray on the right, I felt were really, really giving them a lot of trouble. I, I felt as if we really at that point had quietened their fans. And McInnes made this point on his post-match interview that, or one of them, that I've, the one that I've seen, that um, you know that, that we were actually on top before the red card, would you agree, man? Um, yeah, I'd say probably just about that. Um, obviously, first half was mentioned, but I, I think, I think it was probably an even game up until that red card, maybe in the five minutes before that. But yeah, like I said, we were starting to get back into it. And we were starting to create chances. I mean, like I said, there was a good ball that came over the top. Ollie Shaw hit it first time, and for me, that was. Just, just need a bit of composure on that, and then we were looking to get it out wide, uh, looking to change it. But like you say, um, or like you you mentioned there, Armstrong did come on, offer us the pace. Fraser Murray offered us a bit more of an attacking threat, fresh legs. Um, just like I said, final ball at times it was a bit too predictable. But um, yeah, McEnroe was the was the, the key for me. He was the one that was creating uh, the most, you know, down that left side. Um, I just feel as though, I don't know, Armstrong for me, he's, he has improved, don't get me wrong, but I just feel as though he's too lightweight um, for the 
and that, and it was just too predictable. Um, Fraser Murray, we, we know what Fraser Murray can do, but I feel as though he's better on the left. Um, so, so yeah, but you know, we we got the point we needed. Um, for me, Taylor is um, becoming something of a sort of uh, cult hero, isn't he? Well, he's certainly coming up the goals when we need them. Interesting points about McEnroy and, and Armstrong. I thought McEnroy was better later in the game. I, f- I feel as if, I don't know if he's quick enough to be a wing back. He's he's got a very very good first touch. He's got a very good left foot. He's clearly a very very good player, and it'll be good signing. I just question whether he's a wing back, and I like I said this in your pod as well. I think what's happened is he's the best left sided player that we have, and it's whether he's got the pace and power to get up and down that. That flank and, and second half, definitely as we were as we were pressing um, for the equaliser, he, he was much more of a presence. But I just felt at times, despite having a good first touch, he looked a bit out of position, and that that just for me, I just some may disagree. I just felt at times he looked a wee bit uncomfortable in that because I don't think he's a wing back. I could be wrong. Um, I no, I do agree with what you're saying. The pace is he hasn't got the pace to be a left wing back. Um, and I think you would see more of uh, McEnroy in the in the in the middle. Um, in his best position for me is behind the strikers. Um, he proved that against A United. Uh, sorry, for A United last year, um, and obviously he scored that goal against us as well. But you know that's that's his best position. But at the moment, we we've got to do. He's he's for me he's still a better option than Walters, which says a lot about him. Um, in my opinion, you know he's he is he is the best left footed player in there, and he does create chances. Yeah, I mean, and then obviously getting onto the red cards, which, um, I mean, I don't think it necessarily changed the game. Well, I mean, it did. I mean, who am I trying to kid? It, it left massive, massive, massive spaces in the. I'm just. I think the point I'm trying to make is the game was already. I think we were already. Getting, we were already back in the game. We, we hearts is sent off. Uh, second yellow card definitely galvanised rugby part immediately, didn't it? It was uh, the singing started for the first time in the second half, and as, as we were singing, because he took ages to walk off the pitch, didn't he? He kind of he kind of took ages, a bit of a huff, which galvanised rugby part. People shouting at him. Everybody started singing. And you could tell by the time he got off the pitch that Jack Ross really wasn't happy with him. I mean, I was in the stand, but it, from what it looked like, he, he almost looked as if he, he pointed up the tunnel to him. No. He, for me, right, see if I'm the opposition fan or manager or whatever, even the teammates, I'd be raging with him because he's costing the game effectively. Um, it was it was a reckless challenge for the second one. You're already on a booking. Um doesn't matter what ref you've got, but the ref, you know, Willie, was it Willie Corbin? Willie Corbin. Uh, yeah, so the fact that you've got him as ref, it's, you know, stacks it up. But, I mean, in general, like, it doesn't matter what, who, who's ref, and you don't go in the challenge, you did. It was, it was a needless challenge, to be fair, because I think it was at McKenzie, it might have been McEnroe, he wasn't really going anywhere as such um, with the ball. And at the end of the day, if you can see... I don't know. It's, it's one of them. It's just rash for me. Like, and if I'd, I wouldn't be happy, you're on a booking. So it's a bit like Alan Power. If he, you know, if he went in for a challenge like that, what the hell are you doing? You know. So rightly so, Jack Ross obviously raging with him. 
Um, and it's cost them the game at the end, you know, because it's not just that. Like, I was thinking Jack Ross is just literally subbed off Stevie Fletcher for someone. And then they concede in the last minute to Ash Taylor at the back stick. Now, I can assure you, if they're marking a corner late on in the game, Stevie Fletcher's on your biggest Kilmarnock player, which would be Ash Taylor. And he was loose at the back and volleyed in. So, you know, Ross will be raging even more at the fact that that's gone in. Um, yeah, we were on top, but I don't, I, don't, I don't... For me, as much as we played really well, I think Dundee United would have hung on for a 1-0 win if that sending off hadn't have happened. Um, but you know what? It happens, you know, and, and we take advantage of it. And there's many a times where we've had players sent off and it's frustrating and then teams have taken advantage late on. So it's nice to um, actually, you know, come in our favour for once. Yeah, it wasn't a particularly dirty game, like, but Hart still managed to get himself sent off and they kind of fell apart, didn't they? But I think, and I made this point um, a few minutes ago, that they're quite small and lightweight in the middle of the pitch so losing one of them I mean Levitt is a really technical footballer he's, he's brilliant his passing was superb but I mean they, they didn't they're not was it Sybold was the other midfield player so they're all like small not particularly powerful in the middle of the park so I think of of, of a lot of team uh, Dundee United to lose one of their midfielders you know and I felt McKenzie immediately came into the game really strong you feel that way? Mackenzie really started to exploit the space because of his running. There was huge gaps and Mackenzie was a bit of an unsung hero today for me. He did his usual run and run and ran himself into the ground and I, I think when they went down to 10 men, Rory was brilliant. Um, and then, I mean, we, the way that we pressed them back, we were camped in their half, you know, and then when Shaw hit the underside of the bar, we we deserved to we, we deserved to, to draw level at that point, I felt. Um and we really went for broke. And McInnes has said that himself that, that he he wanted to win the game. And his Cameron came on for Joe Wright, didn't he? Um and the direction of travel was an equaliser, wasn't it? Um Yeah, I mean the the goal the when I, I look I look back I didn't actually realise, but he actually hit it on the volley. Um, as well, which you know, he actually had time to take a touch, but he just <laughs> Ash Taylor just smashed the volley, and then it was it was a great finish, um, and it was the you know it was the least we deserved. Um, I just felt that we weren't going to get it, um, but it, it you know as much as I was positive about the game, I just felt as though it was just going to be typical, you know, bottle it on the first game, big day, you know, big crowd like we usually do, but then I suppose. You know, our broke, we didn't actually bottle it um, when we came back. And I suppose today we've done the same. So it's great, like you mentioned there, but we've got more of a mentality about ourselves. And hopefully, I mean, what I will say is that I didn't, I wasn't that impressed with Dundee United, even when it was 11 v 11. I wasn't impressed with them. Um, they were okay. But for, a t for the way I look at it is, you know, some people reckon, like myself, will come top six. Some reckon they'll come in the bottom half. Um, what I will say is I don't think we'll go down um, playing like that. We'll have a better team out um, as the season goes by. There's players there today, one or two that won't be playing come you know, a few games time. Um, and I think if Jordan Jones is playing today, we win that game easily. He would be the game, especially with 10 men, we would have won that. 
Um, but even without, I think Jordan jo- Jordan Jones would have, would have exploited that um, defense and and that, and would have enjoyed um, the way we attacked in the first half. And I think he would have made a difference if he was playing. I'd, um McInnes made made that point as well. He mentioned Jones and and pretty much made exactly the point that you've just made. It. I feel like Dundee United were a good technical team. Um, I, I feel as if that we acquitted ourselves well. That we were a good certainly first half. You know that we were um, certainly better than we much much better than we were under Tommy Wright and and Alec Dyer. The, the season we've been down uh, a lot to be encouraged by, but. Um, I suppose we'd probably have been looking for some guest speakers at this point, but there doesn't seem to be any one looking to come in here. So I mean, I've got I've got Derek McInnes's interview here, Martin. I could I could play it if you want, um, just to kind of yeah, because I've not actually I've not actually heard it yet, and uh, I don't know if Simon is listening has heard it. Um, so yeah, yeah, go ahead and play that. Yeah, play it. Um, see if I can get it. Right, guys, that's just a. Uh, Derek McInnes' post-match interview. So, Martin, what did you make of that? Is that the first you've heard that interview that was on Radio Scotland? Yeah, I heard that. Um, I was just going to elaborate on some stuff in a bit because I've already spoke about some stuff. But obviously, we've got a couple of listeners in. Um, it's probably worth getting the listeners if they want to, if anyone wants to put their hand up and shout out about what they thought about the game today, if they were there. So, I can see there's a couple of listeners in there. So, any okay. of you who... I'll just adjust the settings here so that everyone can speak if they want to. Um, no, no pressure. So Martin and I have been talking about this game for the last hour and fifteen minutes, so everybody's, <laughs> a, spe- everybody's a speaker now if they want to be. Uh, feeling I that. thought um, I really enjoyed the game of the day. Thought it was the first game for a long time that I've gone to Rugby Park and came away thinking it was it was good football. Um, I thought Ollie Shaw was brilliant. Um and yeah, just pretty pretty pleased to get the goal at the end. I think that was the least we deserved. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Martin and I have both said the same thing about Shaw. I think everything good that we did went through Shaw, especially first half. Just we, the uh, flex touches, linking the play, his passing. He just it almost as if he thrived on the step up, wasn't it? Yeah, no, he he, he did. Um, he definitely did thrive in the setup, and like you say, Neil. Um, I think I already mentioned to you in the conversation there. Um, sorry, I don't know your name. The speaker there that was on. Sorry, what was your name? Alan. Alan, yeah. So I I I think we uh, touched on the fact. You know, you said Ollie Shaw's your man the match as well. He was by far my man the match. I think the goal. If he, if like I've already said, if he got a goal, he'd have been a nine out of ten for me. Um, and it's quite interesting how you, uh, VAR was touched on by McInnes at the end there uh, because that goal, it's like that shot he hit where he hit the bar and that and then bounced off. Um, it's interesting to see that because people were shouting goal and I was a bit like... Um, it wasn't, I it wasn't in, mate. I, I, I watched it on um, Alaba, I watched the game back and uh, it does actually hit right on the line and then, and then come uh, out. It wasn't, it wasn't close. But it, but it, but it's interesting to see that because even I, because I'm right behind the goal, I'm not in the East Stand, so I was in the Moffat, right behind it, because it it happened so quick. It's quite interesting um, that if Far was in, that would have just made it an easy decision. 
um, as you just mentioned there, how you know you've seen it back, uh, and I've not actually seen it back yet. So I'm sure if I see it back, it would be an easy decision to see. But it's just good to have that in there, and whether it hopefully it stops Rangers getting as many penalties as they get, we'll see. <laughs> see about that. I'll just go back over some of my main takeaways, Alan. I mean, I felt like we showed quite a lot of character um, when we were one 0 down because I felt like losing that goal. I mean. A bit of a cliche, but the forty fourth minute goal as a as a seconder, you know, and, and um, I felt as if we were hanging in there. But I don't know if you feel the same way at the moment. Where I feel as if we're under McInnes, I feel as if we're going to hang on. I feel as if we're, we're going to su- survive in those moments, and that we're going to still have a chance in a game. Where in 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 previous matches and previous years, I feel I always felt that this, the opposition are going to score again, and they normally did. You know, and I felt as if that, that that's the character we, show, we showed to win the league. And I was really encouraged that we were able to... Not only that, though, I felt we were re- really Dundee United's equal, more or less, all afternoon. don't know if we maybe gave them a bit of a surprise. I feel as if they're quite a good football team. Martin doesn't feel as if they're as strong as he... What, what, I mean, what's your view, Martin? You didn't, I think I'm maybe, I maybe liked them a wee bit more than you did. I think they've got good players, but I just for me, Tony Watt's overrated for a start. He puts himself about, but he's just he likes to likes to whinge a bit as well. Um, Steve Fletcher's getting on. He's he's a good target man. He's probably he probably would have um, stopped Ash Taylor scoring if he was on the pitch. And it's quite ironic that he got subbed just as they got that player booked, which, like I've already mentioned, would have been frustrating. So you know he's a good player. Um, Nicky Clark obviously didn't come on, but he's he's an alright player. Uh, the boy in the, Le- the Levitt in the middles, an outstanding player. I think he's got ten caps for Wales already. Obviously, been educated by Man United, so a good, you know, great player as McInnes mentioned, and I, I previously touched on that before the game. Um, I mean, Charlie McGrew again; he's a, a good at set pieces, quite composed on the ball. But I don't know that they're, they're no different to us. I, I, considering they finished what was it fourth last year? Um, yeah, fourth, yeah. I, I don't. They don't look a top four team for me. I, I don't think they were that good. I think they're just an average team. I don't, you know. Yeah, they they probably could finish in the top six again, but uh, the, the way we started today and the way we played and finished the game, there's no reason why we can't be finishing above them or you know doing a similar job to what they could do this season. I don't know if you agree with that, Alan. Or... I I agree with almost everything you said there. Um, I thought with the the only time I felt threatened with United today was when we gave stupid free kicks outside the goals. I didn't think they were ever really looking like they were going to open us up from open play. I think defensively, with the height we have in the team now, we really shouldn't be conceding from corners or free kicks, you know, whipped corners or free kicks. So I never really felt any threat whatsoever, apart from, obviously, you're, you're crossed the back post and I think it was McEnroe heading the ball back into the box and, and, you know, a collection of errors that kind of led to their goal. But I think um, I agree with you with what. I don't, I think what his wee purple patch he had was at Motherwell. I don't think he should have left Motherwell because that was the best he's played uh, for a club. Um, Fletcher, I think, is probably one of the best, uh, certainly over the past 15, 20 years, I'd say he's one of the best technically gifted footballers Scotland's produced, but you can see he's older. He'll still win a lot near. Mulgrew's getting on a bit. I, I didn't. Th- I don't think if that's the level that you have to beat to get fourth place in the league, then then I'm 
quite confident, but again, you're still expecting teams like uh, Aberdeen, etc., to improve. But they didn't impress me too much, United. Yeah, I thought Watt was quite good second half, though. I mean, to his credit, I think when, when Alibi also was clearly carrying an injury, I did feel like Watt was giving us quite a lot of problems on the left. And I, I know what you're saying. I mean, he's a bit of a poser and he's a bit of a moaner, but I felt as if even though Alabioso was is a, I mean Alabioso was was brilliant again for forty five minutes and, and a couple of times I mean Watt will be having nightmares just that change of pace and and, and he was away f- from Watt but Watt I felt used quite a lot of football know how I, I feel and I, I, Alabioso if he can stay fit he's going to give teams a lot of problems again I think he's he must have been a bit of a surprise package I mean he totally silenced the Dundee United fans did you know think like they were singing partying and 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 Alabioso was again running the right hand side of the pitch what do you think Martin yeah well I've already mentioned uh I've, I've mentioned what he does um you know I mean first half the the Dundee United uh, really did struggle with him. He was going inside, outside, right, left. You know, he's got a great left foot by the looks of it. He nearly killed one in the top bin. Um, he's not afraid. He's just, you know, he's he, he just he, he sometimes he, he like the one two. Sometimes he like to just flick it past and run. His pace is clearly his strongest attribute, but he's also quite strong as well. Um, and I do think that the reason why we've seen him not complete 90 minutes is just lack of match fitness uh, and proper you know men's football um, in his career so far um, but once he's up to match fitness and, and the speed that McInnes wants him to be at uh, or the fitness should I say then um, we're, we're going to have a real like, hand, you know a good player on our, on our side and a good attribute to have um, I just feel that we're quite unbalanced as, and like you touched on McInroy um, as, as good as he is and he's probably one of the best passers at the club um, he's is not his, it's not that's not his best position as we witnessed last year when he was at United. Um, but yeah, I mean Alabusa or however you, I'm just going to call him. What's his first name? Ryan is it? Uh, I'll just call him that. But he he was he was terrific. And Dundee United didn't know what to do with him first half because they brought that pacey player on on the uh, right side. I don't know his name, but he's a pretty tiny player, like. But he was quite fast, and they obviously switched him across to try and nullify the attack and even then they struggled with that um, and Dundee United's play uh, from the first half they obviously we could see that you know the right side was our strongest so they tried to attack from our left uh, I don't know if anyone else uh, was less than agrees with that Yeah I, I think so I think um, when you've got that pace at the right hand side, that was always going to be where we would attack from. Um, I think the only criticism I've got of the new lad is sometimes when he does get to the byline, if he just took a touch and then looked up to see where he would play a pass, I think a lot of times he gets his head down and just kind of crosses into a dangerous area, which isn't the worst thing to do. But there was a few times I felt today that we could have used the ball maybe a little bit better, maybe just. A wee bit of composure that will come from. I agree. Is again, he's not really Scottish League's hard. It's a lot harder than people think, and I reckon even if he's played, you know, nine games or something at the last club, and it was men's football, I think coming up and playing in Scotland and playing against the kind of 
players that you're going to face um, and how they, they go about themselves, how aggressive the game is. I think it will take him a wee while to get up to, to match speed. I hope he's not injured. It looked like he was limping when I watched the game back in Alaba, so I hope he's I hope he's not injured. Um, but he looks a top talent. Yeah, absolutely. But it's their goal in 44 minutes is... is... It's so so disappointing. Martin and I have obviously we've broken the, down the game already. It's it's a defensive error by Mayo. You didn't have a bad game, but um, definitely made a mistake. And Fletcher just had that bit of class and composure to, to lay the ball back to Levitt and totally flattened out the stadium. And and the neighbour, I mean, from our perspective, flattened out the stadium. They were absolutely buzzing. They were bouncing. I, I felt their their fans were great. I was in a bowling club before the game. We loads of their fans and, and they were brilliant I thought all afternoon so credit to them but and then we, we came out and played like a team second half that had lost a goal on the stroke of half time and I think McInnes alluded to that in that interview that I played um, that, that he gave on BBC Scotland and I, I think I don't know Dundee United fans obviously they'll be seeing it from their, their own perspective but I'm sure they'll be saying the night they'll be disappointed that they didn't kill the game off because between 45 and 60 minutes, we were definitely second best. We were, we were pinned back. We were hanging in there. And they, but they, insofar as they, they didn't really truly threaten us, though, it's a lot of set pieces around the, the box. Charlie McGrew is always a threat. But in, in the same way, in the first half, there, was, there wasn't really many clear cut chances. It, when we had them pegged back, about, I mean, everything seemed to fall to Polworth, who, his shots were just too tame. You know, he tried. He kept trying to place them. Uh, their goalkeeper didn't have to do much all afternoon. He's quite short. That goalkeeper. It's the first of first I've seen him, and I've, I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name. I'll butcher it, Brigitte. Um And then they 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 had settled for the the one 0 though from about sixty minutes. That was clear. They started wasting the time. They were trying to slow the game down, and and. McInnes was proactive, wasn't he, with substitutions? I found the, the substitution of power surprising at the time, but then on reflection, he had that yellow card. So um, I'm not sure if in the heat of the moment and uh, at the time when he was subbed, I really, that came to mind that, that he had that yellow card and it was possibly precautionary. And Donnelly took a good 10 minutes to settle and I was... I must say, like emotions are running high. You know he, those misplaced passes by Donnelly initially were the last thing were the last thing that we needed. But Mackenzie, I felt really come on to a game again. He's running. Um, he's just Mister Kelly, isn't he? And he, he's running. Was, and I see your uh, profile picture, Alan. You obviously think quite a lot of Mackenzie as well. But I thought he had a terrific afternoon again. And then when they went down to ten men. Rory just ran them and they were already lightweight in the middle of the park. The very technical with Levitt and Hacks likes to, to play a bit, doesn't he? And after that, I mean, I, I actually felt as if we were going to win the game. I thought we might get a second. I don't know if anybody else share that. I, yeah, I, I thought so. I didn't realise when we scored, I asked the guy in front and he said that there was four minutes of stoppage time. And I still believed at that stage that we could. We could get some right at the end. I thought when Shaw cut in and it, it kind of opened from the stand, it kind of opened up from, and I thought he was just going to kind of roll it into the far corner. Um, might have been a little bit, a little bit greedy there. But when you were talking about your midfielders, the, the issue I have with our midfielder now 
is that you see when Donnelly came on and Polworth, I think they slow the game down quite a lot and it's a lot of sideways passes and today I felt we've done that too much. McKenzie's a player that will pass a ball and try and move into space but I don't feel we have enough players like that that will want to take the ball and then make a third man run. There's too many sideways passes. Polworth I thought was pretty good today but again sometimes he frustrates you because of not doing things quicker or as you said about the shots I mean if that had fallen to to somebody else who'd put their laces through it I just felt as if you know that's trying to bend it at the corners and things it's just can be quite frustrating yeah no I totally agree um to a certain extent what you say about the middle for me I thought the subs were good Armstrong and Murray as I've mentioned already they added a better pace to the game which is what we needed because obviously we needed to get back into the game but they were too predictable after a few sort of attempts of crosses. And it was a, as much as they were great on the attack and, and putting the pace on and the pressure, uh, I think Chris Burke would have done better and would have had more joy than, than them too. Because it's, um, I felt as though we, we just rushed our ball into the box and it was just a bit hit and hope and it was a bit predictable, especially if Armstrong was just cutting inside all the time. Um, but what I did like about... Um, Donnelly was he was different to Polworth, even though he was doing the sideways passes. Um, yeah, he was frustrating for the first ten minutes. He was losing the ball, but a bit of rustiness. He's not really had too much game time, but I think that'll come, and he'll be a very good player for us. I feel that what he did do well um, was when the ball was in the middle. He was like the linchpin in the middle. He was like the sort of the bit in the middle which was swinging the ball left right. So the ball would come to him one minute. He would see the runs of McKenzie and uh, obviously McEnroy. And then the next minute, the ball may come back to him and he was just able to calmly place the ball, play it out wide to the likes of Murray and Armstrong. And he did that time and time again. And I think, you know, that, that he did that job really well. Uh, what do you think on that, Alan? Would you maybe agree with what, what I'm saying there? Do you yeah. get what I'm trying to... Yeah, I'd, and I agree. I thought he started slow. I think he did make a difference when he came on. I think he's got a wee bit more mobility in him than power. Um, so yeah, don't I don't disagree with any, anything like that. I think it's when you're at the game and you're frustrated and you're a goal behind and they're a man down, you start to nitpick in players and you you you're like, Oh, he's not moving the ball quicker or the crosses out wide, we're not beating our man. Armstrong, I don't know how many times I shouted Armstrong in that when he came on. And I think he did make a difference when he came on. I don't think he played badly. But you know what it's like when you're you're chasing a game, you get quite Angry and frustrated, and then at people that you probably shouldn't. I, uh, I think, I think what you do need though is I think as well as having all these players on attacking, you've got to have someone that's able. Like Mackenzie, just runs and runs. I'm a big fan of Mackenzie, and he'll just run. And what I like about Mackenzie is he he creates space, so he's maybe not technically the the, the best or the most gifted at times. Um, he has moments of brilliance, which he's proven in the past. But you know, he's technically not one of the best, but he he see he can see a good run, um, or you know he could, he can see space, and I think he gets frustrated because there's times I thought he made one or two good runs, and then we were too slow in the play, and then he's offside, and there's a guy behind me shouting, Mackenzie, you should know, you know what you're doing, like, and it's like he he'd made the run, he can see the ball, you know, and we need more intelligent intelligent players and players that are able to pick a pass up faster, which obviously is what you mentioned there, Alan, about being a bit slow in the middle. So I do agree with that. 
Yeah, I mean, it's worth probably... I was going to make a point about Lafferty there as well and what we thought of him. I thought he lasted about 25 minutes and he wasn't subbed until 67. Um, so I thought, I thought he fell out the game so far, you know, and it was so obvious that he wasn't he wasn't match fit, and I was surprised that that he lasted so long. But he's he's even even uh, half fit like that. He's still such a presence that you can understand why he wasn't withdrawn. But if you look at the stats, I mean, we, we'd better possession fifty two to forty eight. I don't know if he's a believers in the expected goals, but um, we, we 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 had one expected goal to their. Uh, 0.41, uh, we had 18 shots to their six, so three times as many shots, 275 accurate passes, which was a 73% um, accurate pass rate to their 242, which was a 67% accurate pass rate. So, I mean, shots in target, nine to their two, shots off target, rather, nine to their two. I mean, every start almost were, were um, we beat them, passes included, you know, so, I mean... McInnes is accused of being... I took a wee tiny bit of stick on the Scottish Football Forums podcast that uh, I should expect um, direct football with Derek McInnes, but we, we passed the ball more than, than down to United today and more accurately. So, um, stats, stats tell their own stories. Maybe it's not everybody's cup of tea. We, we, we practically won every single category, and this is Opta from FopMob. So... Yeah, I mean, a lot to be encouraged about there. Does it not show our own inadequacies in the squad, though? Because I'm with you. I think that Lafferty had run his race quite early on, and then you're looking at the bench, and your only option really is Ennis Cameron. And even though we're bringing him on, at no stage did I think Ennis Cameron is going to win the game for us. And that's where I feel... The deficiencies are the same at left-back. McEnroe really shouldn't be playing there. He's been doing reasonably well, but I think you're a left-back, a striker, and I still think you need a midfielder who can really put a foot in the ball and influence play. Somebody that just demands the ball and wants to make things happen before you're a top team. Yeah, I, I think um, every Kelly fan knows we need a left-wing back. It's quite obvious we need one. Um, because McEnroy will thrive in a better position. And I think it's really annoying, really, because we did have that good left wing-back playing today and already in the building and up to speed. McEnroy would have played further forward in a more advanced position and he would have got probably more shots away and created more. And what I like about McEnroy, he likes to get a shot away, which we never... You know, it's unheard of these days from midfielders. Um, and he and by doing that, he's going to either score or create chances from rebounds when the keeper saves it. So uh, I would like to see McEnroy in that favourite position, in a more advanced position when he, you know, when we do sort our left wing back out. But it's also good to know that he can play there as a backup. Um, and we need that bit of flexibility, I suppose, with players. But yeah, I, I do agree. We definitely need a striker. I mean... You know, Lafferty, even if he was injured, you know, sure. I mean, for me, I, what I don't understand is Cameron is a championship player at best. You know, he's he's a, he's a nice lad, you know, but it's just, if we're all honest, he's, he's not cut out to be a Premier League player. Um, I was surprised that we let Connell go because I thought, if anything, he's got more about him. He's probably a bit, maybe a bit more pace about him. I'm not saying he's going to be the sort of level we need. And even if we do, I did keep him. 
we still need another striker in. Uh, Robinson's, you know, always injured. Um, you know, we, 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 yeah, we definitely need someone. And I feel it's a shame because if we had a fully fit Robinson, um, again, he would be a player that would be able to open teams up and change games. Um, but I think, I don't know if it was yourself, Neil, we, we touched on, we, we need like a sort of a, a Greg Stewart type of player. Someone that can, someone that's a bit different that can just play behind a target man. Yeah, we, we spoke about Cameron on your podcast, didn't we? And to Alan's point, you know, and the ball broke to him in the box late on, didn't it? And, you know, it's in those moments where you need, I mean, Chris Boyd sticks that away probably, you know. We, I know it's it's not even a chance, barely, but Big Boyd, he didn't even need a half chance in those moments, especially, I mean, he'd only been on the park five minutes. He should have been, should have been fret. I mean, I don't want to be too critical of the lad, but, there was, I mean, he was... Chasing down a ball against a half knackered defender, and he, he, look, he looked as if he was second favourite, you know, pace wise. You know, I do agree with your point, Martin, about Connell looked a bit brighter from what I only saw, him, I think, once pre season. But with what I saw in those moments, I think it was maybe the Premier Sports Cup. Um, was it was he introduced late against one uh, Stenhouse Muir, maybe? But in those moments, I don't think Cameron's going to going to be the man um sad sad to say and we, we did we did cover Cameron quite quite a lot on your pod we it always seems to get to this point of the season and it, and it kind of peters out for him a bit and he, he tends he's been around for years and years in the squad and and then around and then loaned out and you've been making this point for for weeks and weeks Martin about an extra striker and I've not maybe felt just strongly as you about it I've just but I think today I'm kind of with you this afternoon now or this evening yeah, I mean, as Alan mentioned, we, we, we kind of go, you know, we kind of go with the, the two strikers effectively. I, I'm not even, uh, you know, counting Cameron as a striker because, like, like I said, you look on the bench and you're like, right, Fraser Murray, you know, he's an attacking type player, Armstrong, but they're not players, that are, you know, that have... I mean, you look at Liam Donnelly, right, as a prime example. So, you know, you look at him and you think, right, Liam, Liam Donnelly comes on, that's a straight swap for an Alan Power. You know, there's no sort of issues there. Um but we need we need like for like replacements, not um bang average in my opinion. Um it's okay to have some younger players and and some that are maybe that could improve like Armstrong and, and obviously Murray. Um but for me I just yeah I do feel as though we are still a bit lightweight. I, I for me Stokes, McGowan uh, need to go because I don't think they're good enough. And uh, as for Robinson, I think he's good enough, but I just don't think he should be there because he's wasting a wage, to be honest. Um, but what I will say is we've got, in that team that started there, we've got, uh, you know, Fraser Murray still to come back in. Um, you know, hopefully he'll get fitter. Um, and we've got other players there to, you know, to get a bit fitter, like the right wing back. Um, you know, got Jones who wasn't there today in the match squad we're not, we're not got Zach Hemming um, not that Sam Walker's done anything wrong but you know again Zach Hemming we know what he's all about um, so uh, you know it's and 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 McInnes has always touched on the fact he wants two or three players and he's already mentioned the left wing back and a striker himself so you know I'm not I'm, I'm to, to look at that squad I always, I always I mean you look back to the A United game last year 
you know, Polworth started in that game, there was Cameron starting in that game and, you know, they were nowhere near the squad coming into the season. So, you know, that, that'll be the same with this case. It will be that starting 11 will not be the starting 11 come game five or six. But you're right in what you're saying there, but even the fact that when they went down to 10 men and we already had Lafferty off the park, the fact that it took so long for him to bring Cameron on says all you need to say about what McInnes thinks in terms of, yeah. If, if he was good enough, he'd have been on the park straight away. We brought two wingers on and they persisted by playing one up front. Ollie Shaw, who's not the best in the air, and it wasn't until later on you bring him on. I've heard that Cameron's supposed to be going out to a broth. I don't know if that's true, on loan. Uh, I assume that with us sending um, Connell out... And, and leave him with just Cameron um, Lafferty and Shaw that we must have a striker coming in imminently um, yeah. or, or some kind of wide player. If that is the, the lad that we had before, his name escapes me just now. He played with Aberdeen. See if it's Maguire, I'd be delighted because that's a player that can play at right mid, left mid, in the hole, up front. It gives you other options, but it's a clever player, an intelligent player, very similar probably to like a Chris Buck. And I'd be delighted if that was a player. Yeah, totally. You're definitely right on uh, Chris McGuire. I mean, obviously being a Shrewsbury fan as well, he's played for Sunderland um, and Oxford, and I think it may have been Lincoln, but especially Sunderland. Sunderland fans were absolutely gutted to see him go. Um, he had a great spell at Aberdeen, obviously he was on loan at us um, way before I moved up here, um, I think. But yeah, he's he's a very good player. Um, and like you say, he can play left, right in that hole. And that, and that's what I think today was frustrating because it, it, instantly I looked at lineup and was like, as soon as I seen Jordan Jones was missing, I was like, great because you felt as though that was your main threat. Um, and whereas if he was missing, but you had a Maguire in the side, you'd be like, okay, there you go. You know, you, you you've got you need you need more like for like. You know, like I was saying with Don Lee or Power, you do need more like for like players. Yeah, I like this rumour. I hadn't heard that one. Um, I suppose uh, what we were saying in your podcast, Martin, or what I was saying is is about Cameron. He's he's only going to be the... We, if, we need to bring in a better third-choice striker. If not, we just we may as well just settle for, for Cameron. But I think we saw today that in those in those decisive moments, it, it's kind of more, more of the same. Um Got another another uh, visitor in. I don't know if you, you'd be interested. We're kind of drying up here. We've been speaking about this game for the last hour and forty five minutes. Um, I don't know. The uh, speakers floors open. If anybody wants to to come in, I've also got the last part of Derek McInnes's uh, BBC Scotland interview. If anybody wants to hear that, that might generate a wee bit of discussion. Um, what do you think, Martin? Uh, I mean, I'm not fussed with the McInnes. I've heard quite a lot of it. I think what we've heard already is what we sort of already think. I but, uh, if any, any other listeners want to even talk about anything else, even if it's about next week's game, about what they feel the formation is, it the right formation? You know, is three five or the three at the back is that does that work? Um, or, or do we need to play a different system? You know, so yeah, the floor is anyone else's. I don't know if it's is a three. I, I it's it's um, if it's a three at the back or a four, it it seems to be interchangeable. Like I don't really know when the teams picked what formation we're playing or what system, and then when the game starts, so there was times today in East Stand I was looking right along and it was a back five, 
and McEnroe would just kind of sit in and we just sat the five. Then there was other times it looked like a four, moving to a three and, and whatever. It seemed, I, I never thought it would work based on the cup games, but after today, I'm pretty positive that McInnes does know what he's doing and that there is a plan. Um, and I thought the football game was good today. So uh, let's see. I mean, you're at Ibrox next. Um so you'll be defending, so it's a different, maybe a different kind of game we're going to have the next couple of games before the the Ross County game, which is definitely a game you'll be targeting to go up there and get a real positive result. Um, but yeah, I think it, I think it, so far it looks all right. Um, you're right. You said earlier on about Hemin. I quite like Walker, but today I felt nervous when crosses came into the box. And there's a difference with Hemin. I think Hemin comes out and takes everything, whereas Walker. That for a guy at six foot six, quite hesitant when it when those crosses come in. Yeah, I, it's quite funny because you mentioned Walker and his size. Because I obviously right, at, me you know me and my daughter we're right at the bottom, so like I'm row B and so right behind the goal. And you're looking at Walker, you think bloody hell, he's like he's nearly touching that crossbar. And um, yeah, you are right, but I think I don't know if that's just because like. Hemming is so good at claiming crosses that we just expect every other keeper to do it now. But what I will say is that it's a better backup than what we've had previously. I would say that I've said it before. I said Hemming and Walker having them two are like probably having Backman and McDonald, whereas McDonald was a good shot stopper, probably maybe slightly better than Walker, but similar type of keeper. And obviously Backman and Hemming, you know, speak for themselves. We won't have Mayo against Rangers, so who do you think will replace Mayo? That's a good point. Um, depends who's injured or who's fit. Uh, Sanders, McGowan. To be honest, I would play Sanders because he's he's he likes to put himself. I, I like Sanders. I really do like him, uh, and I think that he'll improve. I think there's. Um, attributes about him that's really good, and then there's stuff about him that you know he, he can work on. But he's definitely a a player that it, it can be improved on, and he um he did impress me last season in games. And he's the only thing about him though is he's right footed. So obviously Mayo been a left sided defender, but I think I, I don't know. It's um I I think yeah. McGowan will come in, and the reason I'm saying that is because he's played McGowan more since McGowan. Yeah, I think he'll play McGowan because McGowan's been in, in, in the team and, the, you know, the earlier kind of fixtures there. Sanders doesn't really seem to have been involved as much as I thought he would be. I thought that was a Derek McInnes type of player. He's quite quick, he's tall, he's young, somebody that you can work with. Um, but I would imagine he's one of the guys that will probably get shipped out and loan, especially yeah. if you're your captain, you're, not your captain now, but you're... Left-sided centre half, whose name again has escaped me, is coming back. What's his name again? Stokes. Stokes. Yeah, yeah. So Stokes comes back again. You're you're sitting with maybe four or five centre halves there. So it wouldn't surprise me if you see Sanders go out and loan. For me, um, that scares me that you you're thinking McGowan's playing because I'm not a McGowan fan. I'm I'm not a McGowan fan. I, I'm only going on what I think will happen based on what he's done in pre-season so, or, or in the cup games McGowan's been the one that he's, he's played more than Sanders and that's the only reason I think that McGowan will go if it was left to me I'd have Sanders playing Does, it, does that scare you though if, with your own thinking I know you, you don't want that 
But does that scare you, the fact that McGowan could be playing? I, I don't think McGowan is as bad as we've made out he is. I genuinely don't. I didn't Oof. particularly... I'd, honestly, I I'd, I'd think, I'd think when McGowan was playing alongside Murray, I preferred that as a centre-half partner to any time Stokes was playing. I just felt... I, I don't know. I'm not a fan of McGowan. I would get rid of him. If a club came in for him tomorrow and said they wanted him, it can go. There's no reason I want him round about the club. But I don't think he's quite as bad as we made out. Does does that not does that not do like and <laughs> contradict a bit what you're saying there? The fact you would happily see him go, but you're not as bad. I mean, I remember the one game at United. I don't know if it's because he obviously came in because Taylor wasn't playing. But that that boy up front there, who's now at Swindon. Um, he made McGowan made him look like Drogba. I mean, he wasn't that good. His finishing was poor, and I'm glad he didn't come to Kelly. He was okay, like, but he got out muscled, and I just thought, I don't know, he he's just too slow for me, and I feel as though bringing him in will just make that defence even slower. I take it now that it's three at the back. That's it. That's the way we're playing. No more. No more hoping for for man defence. We just don't have the fullbacks, do we? I mean, I, I cannot see Hodgson and and Callum Waters being being reintroduced as first team players for a flat back four. He just hasn't bought fullbacks, has he? But we... I, so yeah, you're, you're right. He's he's not got the personnel there. You've also got a right back who's not up to speed yet, which is why he's lasted forty five minutes and then sixty minutes today. So we don't have the personnel to play four at the back. If a left back comes in, great. But again, I can't see him playing five or a back three against Dundee United and then go to Ibrooks and deciding he's going to go with four. I just can't see that. No, no, I do. I, I do agree that the three. I mean, to be honest, he's always played um, three quite a lot at Aberdeen as well, and then he used like Johnny Hayes and uh, Shea Logan as the sort of wing backs. So I do feel as though he, he likes that three centre backs. You know, we had, we had Taylor and Constantine and was it McKenna as a sort of three centre backs. I don't know if they were there at the same time, but they were the sort of that, that's what he does like to play. So for me, I just need, for me I feel as though he needs better centre backs. He's got someone in Taylor who he trusts. So even though he's got power as the captain, Taylor sort of organises that defence for me. Joe Wright seems to be okay. Seems to do a good job. Uh, obviously, he'll be a bit fitter. He'll hopefully become a decent signing. Um, yeah, I just feel as though, yeah, it's a disappointing to see that Sanders um, isn't playing. I, I hope he he does come back into the frame, but um, but but you're yeah. saying coming back into the frame, would it not make sense for that boy to get a good season loaned out to a championship club played every week rather than coming in every? five or six games for us for one game I think that's probably a better thing for us to do yeah but then you've got to remember as well well true yeah but then we are playing like we've got the reserve league this year so it's he is going to get game time but then obviously it's not the same as you know Saturday football I suppose but um, yeah I, I don't know I, don't, I mean Mayo I think will play long term um, I just I just for me if see if there was a see if there's a, a fit Scott uh, Chris Stokes uh, or McGowan and as much as I'm not a Stokes fan and a McGowan fan, I would rather Stokes play against Rangers but simply for the fact that it, it gives more balance to the defence 
and he's left-sided if he wasn't to play Sanders. But yeah, I, even if he was to play Sanders and, and go and decide to play with him, it would leave a bit of an unbalance in that defence. Yeah, and, and Ibrox as well. It's not going to be the the easiest place for any of these guys to come in. I mean, I'm, I think of all of them, I think I'm mo- I'd be most in favour of Sanders over Stokes and McGowan. So, interesting. Yeah, I, th- I think we can all agree that we would want Sanders to start. I think it's the fact that it's more thinking McInnes is... Um, thinking and obviously Stokes ain't going to start because he's not going to be fit no, so yeah so he's, he's still coming back to fitness you know he might be back next week um it, what what will be interesting for me is the middle because when he does get that left wing back you'd expect McEnroy to come in the middle then you've got a, a bit of a dilemma there because you've got some good players you've got Alan Power, Donnelly, McKenzie, McEnroy and then Blair Olsen will come into the frame when he's back fully fit as well. Yeah, Blair Olsen's back training, um, according to McCannis. So more options there. So I there's only only yourself in now, Alan. Um, some people have been and gone. Maybe I should o- opened up the mics a bit a bit sooner. We're just finding our way here on on this format. So. Um, I don't know if we want to aim to wind it up about nine, another five minutes. Um, has anybody else got anything they would like to say about today's game or the Rangers game? Um, no. 31 no, pounds. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, we kind of grumble because we're charging. I reckon they charge extra pound because we're charging 30. So um, that's probably why. Yeah, um, well, I don't, I don't know if you're on the Discord, Alan, but this is um, the East Stand is a, a concept that I've come up with recently, and it we're, we're on a, a platform called Discord that you may or may not have heard of. So yeah, I've got a Discord. So if you just even sent me the the Discord, ping the the link across or something, I'll join it. All right. It, it's on my Twitter bio. Ah, so just, okay. Yeah, it's just there, and and that's that's the permanent link. So. Uh, thanks for coming on, Alan. That was yeah, really no good, good to nice speak to hear from you. Yeah, it made, made all the difference to uh, this. That's our first uh, post-match discussion. So we'll be here after every home game, and um, finding our way as we go along. I think uh, on reflection, we should have opened the the mics up a bit sooner and let let s- some of the guys and girls come in and, and speak. But it's it's been good, I, I would say, and we'll we'll be doing it again. Yeah, no, it's definitely was good. Uh, cheers, Alan. Um, I mean, as well, obviously, I do my weekly podcast and that, so it's always good to have Shoesman come on at Views as well, coming on um, as well. So, obviously, in the future, Alan, if you fancy that, give us a, a message and let us know if you're no available. Problem, guys. All right, cheers for that, guys. Cheers, cheers Alan. Thanks for coming on. Bye. Well, Neil, um, it's still good. We still managed to get some views out there. Um, so, yep. what do you reckon, yeah? All good? All good. And we will be back for the next home game, um, which is a Sunday Celtic. I don't know if that suits you, Martin. We'll, we'll chat about that further. And um, when, when we've got a, a plan, then we'll, we'll put it out there on, on Twitter. Um, at Neil Doherty, 1873 is my handle. Anything you'd like to plug, Martin, before we go? 
Yeah, no, uh, Sunday, that Sunday the 14th sounds fine. Um, anyone that wants to see, um, listen to any Kelly uh, views on my podcast as well, uh, Twitter handle at Two Clubs One Love. Um, all the links are on there in the bio um, as well for the podcast, which has all things Kilmarnock and obviously my other club, Shrewsbury Town, for anyone who's interested. Thanks very much, Martin. Okay. Cheers, Neil. Thanks for listening.